All right, Crossroads, welcome. We're stepping into a podcast here that is a result of last Sunday, speaking on the Holy Spirit. And if you were either live streaming it or in person, you know that we ended it with Q&A. And we only got to a fraction of the questions. Um, there were so many great questions that were asked, and so we decided that we would take further time through this podcast to answer more of your questions. So I'm in this room right now, and my background is I was raised in a Christian Reformed church here in Grand Rapids. I then went to Wheaton College, which was an evangelical college, and then Trinity which was also evangelical. Um, so that is my background. I wouldn't say that is where I land in terms of all my positions, but that might flavor it a little bit. Also in the room are uh, three other people with me. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Uh, yeah, this is Nathan English, uh, one of the resident pastors at Crossroads. So uh, just to quickly give some background to my story, um, I grew up in what is called the Grace Gospel Fellowship, not necessarily a uh, denomination of churches, but more of a fellowship that's centered around uh, dispensationalism. So that's really the heritage and the history of my faith. Um, I actually went uh, to undergrad at Grace Bible College here, which, well, it's now Grace Christian University, up and up uh, here in Grand Rapids. And... Uh, yeah, have worked within the GGF, um, but also outside of it. Um, out of college, I worked at a um, a church that was uh, non-denominational um, as a worship pastor and um, served in different capacities. So there's a lot of complexity there, uh, especially when we're talking about Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts. So there's a lot that I'm still working through and learning, and I'm grateful that God has grace in that for me. So, so Nate, you probably grew up with a term called cessationism i did yeah cessationist for sure Do you want to explain what that meant because i also grew up with that same yeah term. yeah real real briefly and then we'll get to yeah. our other guys that are in the room uh just cessationism is basically the understanding as i understand it um that uh the that there's a difference in spiritual gifts that are still in practice today um so some of the miraculous gifts would be defined as healing speaking in tongues prophecy those were applicable to uh, the early church in many ways, but as Paul, um, because dispensationalists are, are you know, heavily invested in Paul's work to the Gentiles, when he stepped into that, um, there was a cessation or a stopping of those uh, miraculous gifts. Um, that doesn't mean that God is not able to work in miracles, but uh, that's kind of the the very general gist of it. So, more more to that probably later. So, yeah. Tim, yeah, well, and to go on the almost exact opposite side. I'm Tim. I'm uh, the equipping pastor here at Crossroads. And a little bit about my background, I grew up in an AG church, Assembly of God Church, um, charismatic Pentecostal. And uh, yeah, very regularly would have people, uh, especially when I was younger, slain in the spirit at our services, speaking in tongues with interpretation. Uh, yeah, that was a regular occurrence for me. I ended up, when I went off to college, actually going to... Uh, yeah, more of a reformed, uh, I would call them the frozen chosen uh, church. <laughs> if you're not familiar with that term, I'll touch on we it We call later. ourselves that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but fell in love with uh, the teaching and, and just fell in love with, yeah, uh, different, different style of church. So I got that experience as well and I uh, ended up somewhere in the middle here at Crossroads. So, so Tim, do you speak in tongues? I have not. 
Okay. I have not. Have you I been know. slain in the spirit? I haven't. Okay. No, but that but was I, something you you witnessed every Sunday? Right, yeah, pr- pretty much. For sure, the speaking in tongues. And I remember I was just talking to Nate before we hopped on here, a Bible camp experience where I had a bunch of people kind of you know pushing on my chest and encouraging and praying that I would speak in tongues. And I think at one point I just copied some phrases just so that people would leave me alone. But uh, no, I do believe believe in it, yeah. but uh, never did it myself. So yeah, I was told um, to say the phrase "I buy a Honda." Yeah, really fast. I buy a Honda. I buy a Honda. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. that's <laughs> so that's me. Well, Matt yeah. Stoll is also here. I am here. I'm Matt, and um, glad to be with these guys and going through some of these questions today. I grew I grew up Baptist, very Baptist, and uh, went to Moody Bible Institute, which was also very cessationalist, very. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I'd say personally, my journey over the years has really kind of shifted and changed a bit and um yeah so i think a lot of these questions were a lot of the questions i've had over the years so i think it's going to be exciting to jump in these into these today and hear all these different views we have in front of us and hopefully someone could be the referee if we get into a fight or something we'll hold each other back (laughs) yeah and i just want to say too the most spirit in them (laughs) crossroads is not uh does not embrace cessationalism um cessationism is actually the word um we believe in all the gifts. We believe that all the gifts that are listed in the New Testament are gifts that are manifested in the church. Um, but we don't place an emphasis on one gift or, over the other. Um, we believe that all the gifts are are ma- manifested, hopefully, through the one church in Grand Rapids, and that collectively we can bring those gifts to bear. So, all right. We looked at a lot of the questions and basically boiled them down um, into two questions. Uh, A lot of the questions dealt with just the different uh, talents, the difference between talents, gifts, and fruit. And I talked about talents, gifts, and fruit on Sunday. And yeah, I don't know if you, any of you guys want to just step into that. I, I already addressed that a little bit on Sunday, but if you guys want to hit that from your angle, what's the difference between um, a talent, a gift, and a fruit? Yeah, maybe I can, can kind of kick us off here. I, I think a lot of the questions that came in were, asked, were emphasizing how do I discover my gifts. And I think what Paul's trying to do in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 is say that that's worth discovering. Absolutely. Like we ought to know the spiritual gifts that we have, but uh, when you boil it down, um, man, the fruit of the spirit is what all of us should, we should have all of those. And so you look at the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and uh, we should be striving for all of it. And sometimes I, I was thinking as you preached, do I spend enough time thinking about where though, am I bearing that kind of fruit? And really focusing in on all of those fruits and making that the emphasis for me in this season of my life or am i searching for you know the superpower type stuff that we've made the gifts out to be uh too much mm-hmm. and uh, to the neglect of the fruit but i also liked your point you, you distinguished what talent is and talents are these things that as people created in the image of god we were made and gifted very uniquely crafted and we have athleticism and we have 
intellect and we have these other things that are God-given from the day we're born. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whether you receive Christ or not, you can mm-hmm. bear the image of God through those things. And so I thought that distinction of those three was mm-hmm. really helpful. Yeah. Anybody else have any thoughts on that? Uh, the, just the difference between talents, gifts, and fruit. Yeah, I just echo that too. I mean, that distinction, honestly, for me, was never really made. Um, and it maybe, you know, when you talk a lot about growing up, like what is out of place, like this, I've seen this in the church and it's out of place. It's not supposed to happen. Or this is, it's chaotic and God is not a God of chaos. And so there's a bit of, um, I mean, judgment is a harsh word, but there's at least some critique of it. Um, this almost just takes the pressure, like you said, off of uh, spiritual gifts being this the, a hierarchy and, and, and saying, okay, have you, have you spent as much time uh, on the, the fruit of the Spirit as you have on arguing what uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit are present today? Because I feel like that's where, again, we can lose some of the emphasis of God's heart. Um, and that... Uh, I remember coming to Crossroads the first time and really resonating with a, a, a phrase that maybe is a bit of a midrash for you, Rod, but, um, you know, whisper what the Bible whispers and shout what the Bible shouts. Mm. And I feel like, um, you know, so often growing up for me, like, uh, not that I'm completely removed from it because it is my heritage, um, but it felt like certain things were shouted at me. But when I look at the whole narrative of the Bible, it feels like it's a bit more of a whisper. Whereas, you know, when you talk about the fruits of the Spirit, love joy peace patience like they're just they're throughout the entirety of scripture they're like at the heart of christ um so yeah i think that was helpful for me too that maybe doesn't give any more specifics but Mm -hmm. that's really good uh so i have a couple why questions here that i'd like to throw at you guys Um, Mm -hmm. i mean it's a pretty remarkable thing that when we give our life to christ that the spirit of Christ actually fills us. And then with the filling of Christ, that there's unique gifts that are given to each of us mm. individually. Why do you think God does that? I think this also plays into maybe what we've talked about in staff or meetings that we've had, um, you know, prepping for, for sermons on Sunday. Um, the value of dependence upon one another and and the stepping away from the individualism that can infiltrate our hearts based upon culture, based upon our own readings of scripture where, okay, like I have all of the gifts and so like I can function independently. And I don't know if this is what you're getting at, Rob, but mm-hmm. um, this idea that when we are indwelt with the Holy Spirit, we are given unique gifts. Like it's clear that not everyone is given all of the gifts. And so... Um, you need each other. So if there's someone who has a certain gift, doesn't mean that I need to have that as well. And that mm-hmm. exemplifies the value of the body of Christ where all become one. So all the different members of the body need to be present in order for the body to be whole. Um, and so if I were to you know, have all of the gifts, I wouldn't need the body. And so it goes back again to a heart of dependence upon Jesus, but then also a, a community and a and a universal dependence dependence on each other that is beautiful we are the body of christ in unity not in separate not a loose finger flopping around on the beach mm-hmm. yeah no <laughs> that's like good. adam's family yeah right <laughs> yeah. there that's what i just yeah but, perfect yeah. yeah i like the way you said that and i was thinking uh how arrogant of me at times like to think 
instead of just being grateful for one or two, just saying, I get to have this role. Like how, how amazing is that, that God would give me this, mm. this, uh, this gift. I'm, I'm trying to have them all. And someone asked the question, did Jesus have all the gifts? Mm-hmm. And we were talking off, off air here. I would say yes, mm-hmm. say that Jesus, Jesus did. And so, you know, you could take that one of two ways. You could say, well, I want to be like Jesus, so I better have them all. Uh, or you could say, I am not Jesus. I'm part of his body. So it's only arrogant to think that I could have mm-hmm. all of them. Like, be grateful for, for the one or two that you've got. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, second, or First Corinthians 12, uh, you know, just as one body, though, as many parts, but all it's many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. All were baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free. Um, there's, again, just this image over and over again of many parts being one whole. So... Yeah, you don't have mm-hmm. to add a body to a body. If you were the whole body, it wouldn't make sense to add you to another, like mm-hmm. to yeah. put on another head, like right. or to put on another arm. Like it doesn't make sense. You would have, you'd be complete. Exactly. So, well, I'm thinking here too. Sometimes you have to get out of our Western culture to understand mm. what Western culture is. And every time I get out of Western culture and go to like the Middle Eastern culture or Eastern culture, I'm confronted with just how highly individualistic our culture is and and with that how competitive we are with each other and in Corinth is it also has that western Hellenistic uh, worldview that highly individualized approach to life producing this competitiveness so we can really relate to them Mm. Um, so therefore do you guys see how this could then if we bring this to bear how this could cause us to yeah we're called to be like Jesus as you said Tim but then we take that to the point where it's like I want all the gifts or I want to have these gifts because if I have these gifts then that means I'm extra spiritual or super Christian I mean do you think that exists in the church today absolutely Uh, I think there's I I hear Dan Mike in my head saying uh, we all have that we have the superhero mentality in our in our culture of you know Marvel comics and all mm-hmm. this stuff we all want to be Superman we all want to have the greatest power discover our power and uh, I think you can re- really easily I think if you move that language into Christian culture it's called the savior complex mm-hmm. like I am gonna be all things to all people I am gonna be Jesus to every person I run into and uh, I don't know it just, just gets really unhealthy really quick yeah. I think the the other side to that same coin you're talking about is I think there's the hero complex but there's also the the other side of it's of, of valuing some gifts more than others, maybe mm-hmm. too, where like our society says these certain things that a person does, or the gift of teaching or mm-hmm. the gift of worship leading, or, or somehow is be, because they're on stage or they're visible, the visible gifts mm-hmm. uh, can become idolized and highly valued. Mm-hmm. Sure. Which I think is the same, different angle on what you're saying, but I think mm-hmm. it's that it's that sense of like idolatry of I want all of them or. I, yeah. I want the ones I don't have. Yeah. Or I'm putting a he- putting too much uh, emphasis on ones that are more visible. Yeah. And I like what you said, Nate, too. Like, to accept the gift that God gives us and understanding that that's important to the body of Christ, but then also to understand what we haven't been given, which is just as important, which means 
I need you guys. Mm-hmm. And I, I need everybody in the church because they're going to bring to the table a lot of things that mm-hmm. I, I don't bring yeah. or don't have. And uh, I think that then creates this dependency, um, humility that's very healthy. And it takes a weight off, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, you don't realize in, in the Western culture how much individualism is a burden more than it is a blessing. We seek it. We want it. We want to be independent. But you don't realize till it's taken from you. Mm-hmm. Like you literally realize your dependency. You, you realize your limits that you also realize that it is such a burden to be lifted that I don't have to be all things. And I don't want to get too sidetracked, but I also think about how it affects our ability to uh, celebrate what God is doing in the world and in the church. Uh, because if we're always looking for wins for us, mm-hmm. then it's really hard to resonate with someone else's win and celebrate it. Instead, it's like a threat to, well, you know, and in seminary, you see this all the time, mm. right? Someone preaches the great sermon in homiletics class and you're like, dang it. Yeah. I can't, I can't be happy about that because right. that just makes me look bad. Right. Yeah. Uh, and we do that all the time comparing Yep, yeah, so, so true. It's painful. It's a burden that we yeah. weren't called to, called to carry. That's so. That's that individualism creating that competition, which breaks down the whole concept or metaphor that Paul gives us that we're a body and every body part so desperately needs the whole to exist and is there to serve the whole. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I wish we could just get that, but that's where I think... We have to be self-aware and aware of our culture and how our culture comes to bear upon this. And then realize that 1 Corinthians 13 and all that's about that love chapter or the fruit of the Spirit that Paul talks about, the fruit and pursuing the fruit is of so much more value than trying to pursue gifts. Hmm. Yeah, and I think in this season for the church, especially in West Michigan, we need to shout that. Mm-hmm. That needs to be something that gets shouted, and and I think Paul's shouting it here, very clearly mm-hmm. in twelve and thirteen. Um, but we're also not saying right that you just focus on the fruits and forget like we're mm-hmm. we're going to put all these spiritual gifts aside. Uh, so I think you know another part of this question, the, these these collection of questions around the same topic is, okay, how do I discover my gift? And like, how do I, how do I put it to use? Mm-hmm. Some practical. Um, so we're, yeah. so we're, we're saying, gosh, focus on the fruits. This is yep. at the heart of what God wants us to, to be about. But, but that the gifts still matter. But the gifts still matter. Yes, they right? matter. So, well, let me ask you guys this question. You guys are younger. Hmm. Matt, really? not as young. <laughs> and I'm the oldest. He looks younger <laughs> than you guys everybody know, here. Do you guys know your spiritual gifts right now? Or are you still in the season of discovering them? I, I'm just going to be real vulnerable and honest. Hopefully that would be expected, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't have to be qualified in the sense of the conversation I'm having. But um, I couldn't tell you straight away, like, oh, I have a clear understanding of what my spiritual gift is, like specifically. I, whether I've discovered that through God graciously m- making it known to me or through the wisdom of others helping be you know, be made clear in my own mind. Um I I couldn't put a finger on it in this moment. And even it's a little bit intimidating to even say that, you know, being in ministry in some respects. I feel like I could tell you, mm-hmm. I think God has gifted me in these ways, but it also feels like, okay, if I'm gifted, in, is that a distinction between talents, like abilities, and actual spiritual gifting? And so that's just to speak honestly from my experience, which feels, you know, I don't know. Yeah. 
maybe not like a great answer, but hopefully accessible to people maybe listening. No, definitely. I think a lot of people are there. And even when, when Rod asks the question, I'm thinking, do I? I think I do. Okay. Yeah. I think I know a couple. Well, that's um, so encouraging that you yeah. know. Like, give, give it to me. <laughs> well, and I well think he was raised in a charismatic church. <laughs> <so> he <laughs> better know him. Right. Yeah. Part of Sunday yeah, school when I was yeah. like five <laughs> was naming them, right? No, yeah. I, I do think that um, maybe prophecy and teaching, although I'm not like skilled and refined, and I think you mature and grow in your gifts. Like, sometimes we... We have them, but we don't know how to wield well, them. Well, think about what Paul says to Timothy. Fan your gift into in flame. flame. That exactly. right there, and this applies to all the gifts. We have the gift, but then we also have to fan it into flame. Yeah, so like that yeah. thing that you're like hurting everybody with right now could be a gift. You just got to like fan yeah. it and you got to mature in it yeah. a little bit. This but, might be a great time for me just to say as the missions pastor that twice or three times a year we offer a class called On Missions On class. Mission, yes. You guys deal with this? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, really, I mean, that was a rude way to, to give hey, a shameful... I wasn't even done with there. my list. No, but we really do deal That's with... That's why you're here, Matt. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've been found out. Um, but, you know, this is what we try to deal with because a lot of people who come to that class um, actually, I think, come from a place of either a this idea of spiritual giftedness is just so new and rare they're like don't even understand or they feel mm -hmm. a lot of people come in just feeling worthless like yeah. i hear all the time about all these cool things people are doing for the kingdom yeah i have no idea yeah. what part i'm supposed to play in that mm -hmm. and you know it's, it's a real macro level of that it's like you take a test mm -hmm. and well i know now i know my three spiritual gifts but it's a way of saying how do i bring it's a way of discovering how do i bring how god's gifted me uh, in the talents he's given me, how do I bring my greatest strengths to the greatest weaknesses of the world? Yes. How can I bring my ki his kingdom to bear, and what role do I play in his kingdom? Yeah. And it, like you guys, like when you, even when you don't fully recognize it, but you start to discover these small ways that God has uniquely gifted you and uniquely placed you right where he wants you to be, and the joy that can come from using that is yeah. amazing. Yeah, and he's going to use you in the place you're in, but that's, and to that take that point a step farther, you discover it oftentimes in the place that you're in. Like, I don't know how many times, the only reason I can name a few of these things or like Paul lists uh, guidance, the gift of guidance or wisdom, like people have said that of me over time, right? That, that's something that in the community of God was said of me over time. And eventually you start to go, okay, yeah, this seems to be a pattern. And then you're looking, you're like, I've already been using it right where I'm at. I don't have to go anywhere else. Like it's God's at work through me in ways I didn't yeah. even recognize. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and this is uh, this is where, and forgive me, Crossroads, for using so many sports analogies. Um, but as a football coach, you know I have so many players that come to me every year. They all either want to play quarterback, running back, or maybe a receiver. Why? They either want to handle the ball, throw the ball, run with the ball, or catch the ball. Yeah. No one wants to play offensive line. Um, hmm. But to be honest, two things with that. You're never going to know your gift or talent until you get on the field and play the game. Yeah. And we've turned church into a spectator sport, largely, where you have a stage and audience. The people on the stage are seen as the players. The people in the audience are seen as spectators. And this is why this has been so destructive to the potency of what the church is to be in the world for the world. Um, and that's why what we're talking about I think is so important. Spiritual gifts matter and the way that you're really going to know and learn your gift 
is by really leaving the stands, getting on the field, becoming a part of the team, and starting to play the game. And God's going to show you how he made you, what you have to offer, what you have to bring. And the most important players on any football team, I can say this, are not people that ever touch the ball. It's that offensive line, the guys that are up there. The, the people in the stands don't watch them, but people that know football know that that's where the game is won and lost, by the people that don't ever touch the ball. So, yeah. And I think that does apply to the church. I think so we're so good. obsessed with who's the quarterback, who's the running back, um, and, and we highlight that to a fault. Um, but, yeah, I, I would love for this – I'd love for everyone to go to your class, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Keep plugging it. Sure, we'll man. keep plugging it yeah. um, and get people to understand who they are and how God made them and get them in the game. So good. So good, Rod. I thought I would ask maybe the question about um, maybe practically the environment that we're all in as, as part of the community of Crossroads. Um, you know, if, if I'm just being honest, like I look at a Sunday morning service and I know sometimes that can feel like the spectator, people are on the field type mentality. Um, but even throughout the week, maybe like I, I wonder where have I seen some of these gifts if they're, if they're in practice, right? Where have I seen healing? Where have I seen speaking in tongues and the interpretation of tongues? Where have I seen um, prophecy? You know, is it, am I looking in the wrong places? Um, you know, it's not necessarily that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to bring validity to Paul's words. Like I need to have proof, show it to me at the same time. I think there's some value to say, oh, these are in practice. People have these gifts where like it would be, I think, encouraging and lift in life giving to see them because from, uh, to be honest, from my background, the times where I saw certain parts of these gifts, at least people said they were being manifested. It felt like there was some amount of of manipulation going on, you know, mm -hmm. I'm just, just being honest. No, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll address that. I think that's a great question. And starting with healing, mm -hmm. um, I'll just tell you, like, Crossroads is a church. We pray for healing all the time. Um, healing is something that we seek. Some Healing is something that we believe God can do. And I would like to believe that there have been some times where God has actually healed someone as the result of hearing our prayers and hearing our heart's desire for that to happen. Um, I, I think it is something that we go for. It's something we're comf comfortable going for. Mm -hmm. It's not something we necessarily do from the stage, but that's not necessarily where we, where we want to do it. Um, the elders regularly uh, anoint people with oil and, and pray healing over them. Mm -hmm. And so... And we would love for that that to be something that is done uh, in families, yeah. in small groups, in house churches, throughout our church. Yeah, and to that point, uh, I guess just kind of fleshing that out, we just got done talking about you don't have to have all the gifts, right? So as a ch when we say as a church, we we pursue those prayers, right? That's yeah. our heart's desire. Is there any value then in saying, okay, but specifically— not everyone who's praying those prayers has the gift of healing, as mm -hmm. Paul seems to be describing. Is there someone who has that gift, and how would they yeah. know that they have that gift? Because when you say, oh, we'd love for families to pray that, what if no one in that family has that gift of healing? You know, yeah. I mean, I, that's a really hard question. I ask it 
not because I have an answer, <laughs> but because I think it's it's a real yeah. thing. If we're going to read this passage, we got to ask that question, right? And I will say, typically people look to paid clergy, yeah. pastors, yeah. elders to be the ones that would pray for healing. But what Paul is saying is that that gift could exist anywhere mm-hmm. and in several different people. Yeah. And maybe we're looking to the wrong people yeah. for that gift. Yeah. Do you feel like if you're not in that leadership role in a Sunday morning situation that you don't have that gift when really, in fact, you may and you have never exercised it? Or yeah, or maybe several people in our church have it, yeah. but they're still maybe in the stands as spectators and don't even know they have the gift because they, hmm. yeah, I well, don't so, know. Yeah, it's, I think there are some people uh, maybe within our own community here that haven't taken the step that you know you just described uh, Crossroads being being at, it, which is a place where we're regularly praying with confidence, with expectation yeah. for healing, trusting in the Lord, not uh, demanding healing, but knowing He can. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think for various reasons, there are a number of people today who have just shut that part of their spirituality off, and uh, maybe that's why they aren't yeah. we aren't seeing it quite as yeah. much. Uh, we are definitely in our own heads quite a bit in the West, and so uh, we want an academic answer yeah. for everything, and we've shut off a lot of the more spiritual, the charismatic speaking uh, in the room here. But No, I love that. Let, let me say something about prophecy. I, w- I want to take each of those things off I love mention. It. I love it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Prophecy, to me, is, I mean, in the Old Testament, you had prophets, and a prophet was someone who spoke the Word of God. Mm. And so... I think prophecy is happening every Sunday morning. Um, our Amen. Pro- but our problem is, I mean, at least we're going for that. Yeah, yeah. But our problem is, is that we think the gift of prophecy, and I think the gift of teaching mm-hmm. um, aligns with this gift, is, again, just for pastors mm-hmm. or people up on the stage. Uh, it doesn't have to be manifested at that large level. It can it, it can be manifested where in in homes and house churches and mm-hmm. where two or three are gathered and someone may have the gift of just really like just speaking God's words into people's lives. And boy, how fun would that be if, if that could even be further unleashed in our church, people yeah. that have such a rich understanding of God's word and combined with wisdom and knowledge, just know how to speak that word into people's lives. Um, mm-hmm. Now I'll touch the controversial one, the whole tongues speaking in tongues and Mm. the interpretation of those tongues. Um, When you said, you know, we got to be careful what the Bible, what the Bible whispers, we need to whisper what the Bible screams. Mm. We need need to scream it. I do feel like this is one of those things that the Bible whispers. And this Mm. is just my opinion on it. Because Mm. it's the only book in the Bible where this kind of tongue is talked about. In fact, it's even described as this kind of tongue. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's different than the tongues that are in Acts, um, where there they are speaking a, a specific language. God, the Spirit is filling the apostles, and the apostles are speaking French, German, right? Intelligible English, languages, intelligible yep. languages to, yeah. the, to the crowd that's there, and the people understood. Yeah, um, the gospel going forth in their language. Yeah, which is amazing. Um, this actually is something not unique to Christianity. 
And you spoke about this on mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah. This yeah, was yeah. prevalent in the mystery religions. It's still prevalent today in other religions. Islam has speaking in tongues, all of that. So when we make this to be like the unique mark of the Spirit filling our lives, uh, it's not even unique to Christianity. Mm-hmm. Now, on the flip side, Paul says he speaks in tongues. Mm-hmm. So God is allowing for this manifestation of his spirit in this way. And someone asked me what it is, and I've had a lot of charismatics try to get me to get this gift. They're almost frustrated because they think I'm a charismatic, but I don't have this charismatic gift, so they want me to have it. And <laughs> yeah, come on, Rod, unleash come, it. Exactly. Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> I've had several charismatics try to push this in me, but um, my understanding of it, it's God just gifting us with, with groans, the groans mm-hmm. of the Spirit. When, when we don't have words in a situation, um, it's, it's an expression of the Spirit um, when there are no words. And sometimes there's an interpreter that can take that, those groans, and bring clarity to it. And Crossroads is open to that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not opposed to it. We don't believe that that has ceased. Um, but at the same time, we're not going to manufacture it either. Because mm-hmm. doesn't Paul say if, if it's going to be in the context of the body, that there needs to be interpretation. Otherwise, there's that's yeah. it's fruitless. Yeah, because yes. you can have it personally. You can groan in the spirit, like that. You have that unintelligible language. It's between you and God, like beautiful, like in your closet, on your knees, prayer, you know, penitence, all that yeah. stuff. But if it if it comes into the context of group worship and gathering, again, this you know um, is how I understood it that there would need to be the accountability of interpretation. You know, yeah. so I think you know, some... listen to a reform, a <laughs> yeah. Baptist. Right. Yeah. Matt's yeah. got something too, yeah. and then I'm going to let you, as a charismatic, to just right. get your. I'll yeah. be ready. So Tim can go. You go, Tim. <laughs> no, go, Matt. No, I. You know, I think sometimes too we look at those when Paul says, you know, you have to have an interpreter, which he's a large theme. He's trying to keep order in the service. Correct. He's That's only he, in public. He's he trying to. I think he's trying mm-hmm. to say, like, if you guys all get together and you're all speaking in your personal prayer language. Yes. Like the point of the, us being together is for us to encourage one another. Right, right. Like I think sometimes I, I I think it's very uh, it's something we should follow. That's not right. what I'm saying, but I think if you hear it in the context too of like a brother yeah. to saying, yeah. guys, when you get together, it's cool, but I don't feel like you're encouraging each other; just encouraging yourself. So Matt, you said yeah. something huge there because I think so t- so many times we gather in this with this Western individualistic approach of God and me, me and God, and we want this personal experience with God, but you're saying we actually gather to bless and encourage yeah. each other. And that's exactly what Paul says. Yeah. Like even the gifts are given to build up the body yeah. for the common good. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah, no, and I'm really fortunate for the experience I had uh, in the, the church that I had because our pastor, uh, while the head pastor of a Pentecostal church, uh, also just like got what you just said. He really did. And I can think of three instances where he proved it. Uh, One was when there was someone who didn't normally speak in tongues like during the worship time, but started to. And there were a couple of weeks where they would be out loud speaking in tongues, but there was no interpretation. And I found out my dad was uh, an elder and, and an usher, and he was in some of those conversations after the service and during the week that the pastor actually brought this person into his office and said, this isn't edifying the body. There's no interpretation. So just 
prayerfully consider stopping. Uh, that was one. Another instance was when we had someone who was dancing and, and screaming, essentially, like very loud, very flamboyant, and it was distracting a lot of other people from like focusing in on the worship time and uh, had to stop the service and like walk this person into the, into the hallway and, and have a conversation and just pastor that person. And, and, you know, I'm not saying that was handled perfectly, but it was handled because it was not edifying everyone else. And then a third one was somebody um, who was consistently trying to heal people during services and nothing was happening. And our pastor, again, uh, shepherded really well and just said, this is working against the atmosphere we're trying to create. It's creating more of a scene than it is edifying the church. And so I think that's the point uh, that we need to get to is, you know, if, you, if you're out there today and you, you have one of those gifts, I hope you don't feel like it, it should be stifled or it's being stifled here at Crossroads. Um, but if you have it, know that its purpose is uh, to, on a Sunday morning especially, is to build up the body. Uh, Amen. So it's great, man. So good. I love having you, Tim, with your background and that perspective, mm-hmm. too. It's it's fantastic. Um, any last thoughts that you guys would like to each just? Um, I mean, we. I think Tim, you briefly touched on it. Maybe uh, I don't want to like. Maybe we don't have time to get all the way back into it. But just like practical, I feel like there were several questions of people just saying like, "How do I find out my gift?" And I think we maybe answered that right with like getting in the game. Maybe that's the best clarity we can bring to that. I don't know. Like, I, I'm maybe it's just how my brain works, but like, I'm all about like, all right, what's the practical takeaway? You know, like again, yeah. like pr- messages and sermons. Three, you know, you know, three bullet points in a poem or whatever. You know, like, right. um, just you know, if someone is brand new to it, or even yeah. for me, like, okay, do I? You know, am I just gonna just test out things? You know, I don't know. I, that's yeah. a, a kind of a softball question as far as we can probably engage in it a little bit. I'm sorry, Rod, if you wanted to like, no, <laughs> wrap things that. up. but I, uh, I think getting in the game um, mm-hmm. is not just ministry, mm. but it's, it's, it's relationship. It's community. It's being immersed in other people and being connected to them. Because I can think I might have a gift in a certain area. Mm-hmm. But I, I might not have the gift. But if if you guys say, you know, Rod, you're really, yeah. I think yeah. you have the spiritual gift. Yeah, I can have confidence in that. Yeah, I think that's yeah. great. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, to hear the affirmation of beloved brothers and sisters in the body, mm-hmm. seeing truth in you and seeing how God has made you, I feel like that's of such great value. And this gift in there too of encouragement. You know, like I so. Maybe I would just encourage those listening too. Like, if you see it in people, yeah. like you know, speak mm. that out. Like, encourage them, bless them with what you see. You know. Yeah, and I think for those people that are listening, they're like, feel like they're less than, or they don't have giftedness. Like, I don't. Spiritual gift isn't like some magic dust that sprinkles down on you at some point, and all of a sudden, not like you have. Like, if you're a follower of Christ, like God, God is putting in your heart and your mind, and He's giving you giftedness, and you you have them and you don't need to like go through a five page, uh, sorry, five page. That'd be a pretty short book. Some long book to like <laughs> figure it all out and Matt's take not 20 much tests and then yeah. talk to 500 people and then take yeah. another test. Like yeah. Matt's betraying his age right now. Cause that's what we used to do. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. It was like, and, and not that those, yeah. those are all well-meaning. That's not my point either. But I think 
like God has gifted you. Yeah. When you follow him, he's going to put you in positions where he's going to, all of a sudden you'll be surprised that maybe something you're able to do or, yeah. but I think I love what you mm-hmm. said. Just get in the game and ask your friends, like, is there something you think I'm good at? And yeah. I would show my age a little bit here. Mm-hmm. I think a, a, a true test can be, even though you use your gifts in tough situations, sometimes like Eric Little on, and Champions of Fire, wait, yeah. Chariots of, Chariots of Fire. Fire. Yeah. Um, you know, when he, he said, when I run, I feel his pleasure. Yeah. yeah. And I think when you use your gifts, like you'll feel, there's a pleasure yeah. that comes yeah. with that. God that made me true. fast. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Matt, that's, I want to highlight one thing too that you just said. Um, I've seen this over and over again, and I think it's also in the narrative of the text. The people that feel the least see themselves as the least and with little mm. to offer are usually the ones that God is dynamically filling and gifting to do some of the most extraordinary things. Mm-hmm. He, he just loves to do that. Mm. Um, but you still have to offer him yep. what, what you have. Um, if it's just two loaves and, or five loaves and two fishes, you know, it's just here's what I have to offer. Yeah. 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 And maybe it's a cheap add-on here, but maybe for somebody out there it's worth hearing. Um, if you desire any of these gifts, if you desire to be in the game, at work in God's kingdom, doing kingdom things, that is from the Spirit. The Spirit is at work in you. Amen. Mm-hmm. He is uh, He is stirring in your heart. He's doing that surgery. He's, he, he's up to something. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like you have nothing or you haven't discovered yet what that specific thing is, take joy in that today. Take pride in that. Take comfort in that today that the Holy Spirit is at work and your heart is in a really, really good spot. Mm. Love it. Love it. Any last words? I just want to thank Crossroads again just for um, these incredible questions. Mm. They brought joy to all of us and I can speak for the three guys in this room. Um, It is such an honor and a privilege to serve this church, this family. Uh, this body, and uh, we're grateful for you. So, Matt, when's that on mission class? It's coming up this fall. Be on the lookout. <laughs> yeah, it's actually uh, starts the second weekend in November. There we go. So, I don't know exactly. Mark your calendar. Mark your calendars. <laughs> Get those calendars out. Hey, too. Yeah. On that note, too, though, if, if people have more questions, email. Yeah. If, sure. Get a hold of us after service. Email, call, text. Yeah. We'd be love to talk. Get to some you. coffee. Socially yeah. distanced, yeah. and hit up those theological questions. I love it. There we go. So I don't do these. Is there a way to land the plane? That's it. That's (laughs) That's about it. Fade up music. (laughs)